Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Cats Out of the Bag. This is Florentina, I'm a photographer, and I'm here with Lisa, and she's a brand designer. And today I'm gonna ask her a few questions about her career, because I'm curious. So, let's start right away with the first question. When did you start being a brand designer, and what got you started? What got you into this field? Um, I think it actually just kind of started back in high school, where I was doing a lot of photorealistic uh, drawings and stuff. I knew that I had to do something creative, but I just wasn't sure what. And the college that I applied to um, gave me the option to kind of explore different creative fields. So it was also like web development and photography and film and, um, you know, animation, all these types of things. Uh, And then also like only actually a little bit of graphic design Uh, And I think it was only in my third year where I got a minor um, where we had to create a branding for a like formula student race uh, team or something. And I was doing that in a group project, but I enjoyed doing it so much. I was like, let me do all of that. And then (laughs) I just kind of grabbed the whole branding project and pulled it towards me and I nailed it because... They're using my branding right now because we had to compete with other teams as well. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is I get a hang of this. Like, this is something that I enjoy doing. This is something that really gets me going, you know. So uh, and like since then, I've been uh, completely focused on brand identities and uh, strategic branding and stuff. So, yeah. And who would you say is your biggest inspiration um actually i i had i i didn't have one for a very long time until i watched uh abstract on netflix i don't know if you've ever seen it no i i don't remember which episode it was but uh there's one episode about paula share which is one of the most legendary female designers ever she's also one of the uh partners from pentagram which is like the biggest design agency in the world they're located in uh new york i think berlin too like they're located everywhere in like the major cities in the world um like to give a little bit of background pentagram also uh did the branding for like the new mastercard logo they did the branding for harry potter movies i think um <laughs> I, i've been re-watching them for a few days now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's insane because i haven't heard of that agency when i got started and then when i looked up who, like who they were and what they did i was like oh my god you guys are everywhere like i've seen your work everywhere because they do like giant brands uh you know in rebranding so I think that like she's my biggest inspiration and then also uh, there is a YouTube channel called The Future where they're kind of teaching uh, creatives uh, how to scale their services and scale their, um, you know, their business uh, and also how to improve your skills. Um, and that channel is set up by a guy Chris called Do. Chris Doe. Yeah, Chris Doe. Yeah. You know him, Do. right? Okay. Yeah, Chris Doe, yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's amazing too. So I think that those two would be my biggest inspirations. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I know him and also the, the future, which is written without the E at the end. <laughs> I was like, what? yeah, <laughs> I always like, I was like, how do you pronounce it? Do you pronounce yeah. it differently? 
But it yeah, it's called the future, just like that. Yeah. Yeah. And also his name, like I, I thought it was do, like you have to do it. You know? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Chris do. Pro- yeah. Yeah. Just why not? do it. Just do just it. Do ah! it. <laughs> Sorry. Just do Jesus it. Christ. Just do it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oops. <laughs> Pronunciation queen. <laughs> I'm waiting for my crown. <laughs> yeah, I want to see, you know, if you can pronounce my last name, then you know you can laugh about it. Otherwise, no. <laughs> oh my god. I hope he yeah. doesn't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. Oh, god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well... You know, speaking about cringy stuff, I cannot wait to see the before and after that we're going to post seeing your oh, work yeah. a few years ago and now. Yeah, we're going to do that. So keep an eye on yeah. our Instagram feed. So I actually, like, I, I think I have this logo from few, like the, the Formula One student team race thing. It was called Fuse. But I think I actually did like one or two logos before. But the thing was that we didn't really have the strategy part before making the logo. I wasn't familiar with it, that that was like a, a, a normal thing because I was like 18 or 19 at the time. So I didn't know shit. But um, like I just made a logo. I was told like this is the business. Make a logo for that, you know. And there was no strategy part in front of it so I didn't enjoy making those because I felt like I wasn't nailing them in a way and then we did uh we got like the whole strategy stuff uh in that minor and I felt like that was the reason because like that I I started getting into it because I didn't enjoy logo design before so what I'm trying to say is like I I think I have um logo designs from before that Uh, I don't know if I actually have them still, but I know that I made them before. It just wasn't the same, I think. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see something cringy. I don't care. No, actually, the <laughs> thing is, like, that's that's also a thing. I think that that logo in and of itself wasn't even that bad. The, the first one that I made for Fuse, like the formula uh, thing. But everything that I made after... Because I, d- I wasn't familiar with uh, strategy like completely. I was just still making logos normally. Uh, everything that I made after was shit. Uh, mm. so, so it was like the first one was okay. Then the next two years, everything that I made was shit. And then it started to kind of go uphill from there. So I feel like the first one that I did before, it's not going to justify how shit I was. <laughs> no, then post the, the shitty one, please. Oh, yeah, I want to gonna... cringy. I want to see, like, you know, do your worst and then do your best. Yeah, I'm going to see what I, uh, what I have in store of my worst stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And here's another question for you. If you had to choose one app to work with for the rest of your life... <laughs> Which one would it be and why would you choose Illustrator? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, does it have to be a desktop app? Like a, a no, phone app no. or is it like... The, okay, yeah, then actually it is Illustrator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could literally do everything there. I can make posts there. I can make the logos there. I could even go uh, make illustrations there, just not in the extend... Um, that I sometimes do with Photoshop, but I can do basically everything 
in Illustrator, so yeah. Yeah, Illustrator is cool. my gene. It, it was just like a lucky guess, and like I just like no, it is actually. Question. Like, if you have to choose, oh, I don't know one thing. Why would it be that? <laughs> like you know, funny. Too many memes. No, but it um, is true. Um, what's the most thing? <laughs> no, sorry. What's the thing that annoys you the most within your industry? Like your mm. pet peeve. Yeah. Actually, um, I hope that not a lot, like too many Dutch people are listening to this, to be quite honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Like the thing is, I like most of my clients that I work for right now are uh, like either American or from the UK. I think that's where the majority of my clients are. Um, And I've worked freelance for um, like people in the Netherlands Humans. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like I've worked for Dutch people before, but I notice a huge difference in um, how creatives are treated in the Netherlands compared to the rest of uh, rest of the world by my clients. Because I feel like um, a lot of Dutch people, they invest in design or they invest in marketing just because they feel like they have to, because everyone else does it, but they have no idea why in a way. And therefore, they're not valuing the work as much. And I don't know. It's just all like um, they're not willing to really invest in it because they're not seeing the value of it. Um, Yeah, I think that's it's it's a common thing. I think that happens everywhere. But it's especially like a culture difference that I notice between, um, yeah, Dutch people and uh people from abroad i think but i think that we're also moving it towards a place where people can like the thing is that if i compare the freelance work and the freelance clients that i had years ago compared to now there's also a huge difference there in terms of quality of clients uh because i inc- try to increase my my value on different levels like I implemented the whole strategy part to my uh, workflow and how I onboard clients and how I approach uh, clients when they're reaching out to me you know these types of things so my whole trip from start to finish has changed drastically compared to a couple of years ago so I also know that I attract more quality clients because of it And I think that's a good thing because there are a lot of creatives out there who kind of keep getting stuck in that thing of like, you know, clients are not willing to pay me for my work, uh, like appropriately and these types of things. And like, you can complain about it constantly, but if that's the case, then you also need to be critical about your own workflow and how you create value for other people. Uh, and I think that's also a positive thing that we have the ability to change it a bit or skew it to our advantage. Yeah. I read something on LinkedIn, I think, a few days ago. And it was like this dad gifting her, gifting his daughter a, an old car. And he said to take it um, first, to take it to like a car dealership and ask how much they would pay for it and they were like I don't know $100 because it was a used car and then she went to like a pawn shop 
to pawn it and they gave her even less for it and then she came back to her dad and she told him you know like the card that you gave me it's worth almost nothing and then he said yeah take it to this card club and when she went there she was offered one hundred thousand dollars because it was some very special car and the and the point is go where you're being valued exactly yeah i saw this story also in multiple um examples also with watches and stuff i think it's it's used in a lot of places but it it does make sense like it is and it's also like it's not even in just design it's in every single business yeah it applies to it so yeah i think that's a major thing yeah and before you before you think that you're not valuable enough just take a look around you and see what kind of people um, are telling you this because you might not be in the first place but again if everybody tells you you suck then you have to step up your game yeah. and then find the right clients exactly yeah I mean it's easy to complain but if you want to if you don't want to be in that situation then you also got to be critical at what you can improve yourself I think yeah and you that's can something also... that we constantly are doing I think in our business too everyone yeah. in our business like every right business owner has to have this type of mentality, I guess. Yeah, and you can also do it in parallel, like improve yourself as you find better clients and just go on like this. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of, of clients, um, if you could choose anybody in the world to be your client, who would you love to work for? <laughs> That's difficult. <laughs> you can pick several. Um, yeah um damn that's difficult um well you know that i like um big butts like and luxury cannot clients lie. yeah no i like luxury <laughs> clients and like you know jesus i don't know it's difficult i like uh i would love to work for luxury clients maybe like um i don't know l'oreal or the ordinary maybe I don't know but they also kind of have all have a very straightforward branding in terms of like how they communicate I don't know it's it's nice but that it doesn't um I think they would only reach out for campaigns and stuff but I would actually also love to do a campaign for those types of brands I think that would be cool and what about like not just campaigns, like if you were to, to get paid anything for anything, like in ter- of course, in terms of design, <laughs> um, like, I don't know, you know, making just like an illustration or, you know, like not just campaign or like branding, but generally speaking. I think like also um, Ikea, because I love Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> But I also like uh, how they, uh, like, use their branding throughout the stores and throughout their uh, catalogs and website and everything. I don't know. I just really like Ikea. It's pretty. It's just like, yeah, I like Ikea. I know that a lot of designers are like, I hate Ikea. Everyone has Ikea. I don't want Ikea. But I, I, I don't know. The thing is that they put a lot of, I mean, they don't put a lot of effort. I don't know, but... 
it's more like everything is just right when you buy something there. Like, it's just right. I mean, of course, it could always be better, but if you just need something right and solid, then you just go there. Yeah. But I don't know, like, looking at their catalogs, to me, they look super pretty. Like, I think they've, they're they doing a really good job with photography as well, especially especially over the past few years. Like, if mm-hmm. you go to the website, it looks pretty. You Like, everything is, you know, it's, like, not that luxury type of feeling, but it just looks pretty. That's yeah. it. It's pleasant to the eye. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I think. I don't know. I, I like Ikea. So, Ikea, please hire me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. I think those types of brands... I never actually really thought about it because it just kind of comes and goes the way it is right now. But, uh, yeah. It's uh, an interesting one. Maybe also, like, um, New York Times or something. In terms of like illustrations and stuff, because they're mm-hmm. always like very um, going everywhere with their uh, with their illustrations, with their uh, articles and stuff. But they always match so well and so elegantly. Like I can't explain it. I just really like um, how they always apply to the, these things. Cool. Um, what do you think is the next big thing in your industry? Um. I think working remotely and like, because I, I'm personally kind of out of the idea that agents of of like design and marketing agencies, I'm kind of stepping out of that, to be honest, like I've worked in one and it's always very locally based in a way. Like there are agencies that are working internationally, but it's only a few and it's only a couple like giant ones that are working for like the giant brands that are doing this. But like overall, the smaller agencies are going to disappear, I think. And I think due to Corona as well, like COVID-19, everybody starts realizing the options of hiring people remotely. Uh, I've noticed it too in my inquiries, the amount of inquiries that I got exploded during that time. I don't know if it's because of COVID-19. It could also be something else, but it's just something that I noticed. And I also just realized that companies are changing their views on working remotely you know whereas they first thought it was a risky thing because their employees might not be as productive as they used to be um, they actually noticed that they might just be as productive if not even more and especially with like freelance designers I think it would be a shame if you don't expose your work online as much as people do right now like or not even more because that is how I think you're gonna get clients in the future Especially that this whole digital nomad thing has been a thing now for like a couple of years and it's growing, that is growing a little bit as well. But you don't even have to be a nomad. You could just work it from home and stuff. I think people are going to, yeah, people are going to make their own jobs, essentially, I think. Yeah, I've been doing it for two years now and I love it like this. I don't have to go to an office. I can just work from the beach, work from I don't know. It I can I can always like I'm always <laughs> up for for going on trips because of this and it's super yeah. cool. It, it it improves the quality of life so much more. Yeah. And I think um I was talking 
about this recently with my boyfriend um, that I think Google and Facebook start hiring people remotely now and this is so much easier because uh, of course I stand to be corrected uh, but you know it's much easier with visas and the whole paper trail and people don't have to relocate they can just be at home and work for big companies it's so much cheaper for the employer as well because they don't have to pay rent for an office space anymore. Yeah, and it's also like even relocating someone from the other side of the world to where you, wherever you are, it costs so much money for a company. So even that is like super risky. And then if you hire freelancers on a retainer, for example, uh, you don't have to deal with you know certain benefits that you otherwise would with normal employees and freelancers um you know whenever their rate is high enough they can decide on their own of their benefits like am i gonna put money aside for my pension am i gonna put money aside for insurances um that i otherwise wouldn't have like i know that the benefits overall in my industry in the netherlands they're quite shit because we don't have any uh general contract that protects um creatives from doing their job at a normal employees whereas in other industries you usually have this type of uh, general agreement and so I think uh, a lot of freelancers are now taking that opportunity to work for themselves and then also decide on their own benefits uh, being able to decide on their own benefits and their own rates and and these types of things so yeah I think in terms of like what the next big thing is I think people are going to freelance massively like the freelance industry is going to explode in the next 10 years. Like not even just creatives, but just anyone, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of things that have changed due to COVID-19. <laughs> Sorry, I cannot say that with a serious voice. Um, I've, for instance, I've seen so many people like starting online coaching, like even fitness. And I think it's cool so much. There's a lot of shifting. And yeah, let's just hope that many people will understand that some meetings could be emails oh yeah yes fuck yes <laughs> oh that, that's a good one sorry yeah, but the president <laughs> yeah but that's the thing as well is like in the i feel like in the netherlands um people are not willing to do business with you unless they've seen you face to face it's like a very dutch thing whereas i have not seen any of my clients i think in real life before like face to face so yeah, I think it's also kind of a culture thing that has to shift in some ways. But yeah, I think it's a interesting one. I also think it's very important to have a very good online presence. Like I think that will help a lot build reputation and, you know, make you look solid. Because it for me, it's the same like whenever I have or clients or maybe I want to work with someone when they have like a very strong online presence, you know, it's much easier to trust them rather than just someone with like an email address at gmail.com. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 it might hopefully will shift for the better. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Now, let's say that you could not be a designer anymore. What would you do? That's difficult. <laughs> Can I be like a a dog walker or something? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> back in high school, I was convinced that the creative uh, career path was not going to work for me because I was like convinced that I wasn't able to make money from that at all. Uh, so I was looking at a career, I think, in um, 
like studying law or something or economics. Well, I am not good at either, so <laughs> good. But I I actually uh, enjoy reading a lot a lot about like true crime and uh, like you know true crime cases and uh, like forensic evidence and these types of things. So I actually think that that would also be very cool to move in towards like forensic researcher or something. I don't know. I always that thought that that was cool. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I I also like it. Yeah, but I think after have I don't know which which TV series I've watched, but you know after a week I was like yeah, I want to do this, and then I saw Grey's Anatomy. I want to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. I have literally never watched that, and I think that I'm pretty glad I didn't. But yeah. Yeah, you know guilty pleasures. I've watched probably every TV series on the planet several times <laughs> so yeah probably um i don't know forensic evidence i think like forensic researcher i think that would be really dope but who knows that's not where we are so um do you have any advice for young creatives people who want to get into this but they're afraid i mean when i first started especially on instagram i was just i just like the whole perfectionistic thing is something that we all deal with i guess but you have to learn to put that aside and honestly like the designs that I put up at first on Instagram I was not in love with them at all and I hated them in a way but I felt like okay if I want to do this then I need to put some stuff online and the thing is that if you're creating something from scratch you're going to look at your work way differently than somebody else does and they're not going to see a lot of the times they're not going to see the mistakes that you might think you've made or something like that or things that might be a bit off and even if you did like it's a learning curve so especially in the beginning just like put all your shit online and create a name for yourself and just improve yourself along the way. And then you can always like curate whatever you put online. But if you want to create an audience, then just start putting stuff online and see what happens. Build a name for yourself. Yeah, it's better done than... What's that thing? Better done than perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I think this is something that many people struggle with that they're just afraid to put stuff out online or generally like put themselves out there and yeah it sucks to be a beginner but you cannot be an expert unless you are a beginner at something first it's not like anybody would blame you or fine you if if you put up something shit like you'd learn from it you know so that's one of the things why you should put it online is that other people can tell you what you can do better because they can like those people would always also criticize you if you do something that's beautiful and marvelous and because there's always these types of people that you just need to mute and ignore because i i don't think that i've ever told you this before but this is a good one i had um when i like i told you at the beginning of the episode that i was doing photorealistic um portraits and photorealistic drawings when i was in high school right And I think when I was like 16 or 17, one of my drawings uh, got featured on DeviantArt Facebook page. I don't know if you know DeviantArt. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've been on DeviantArt. That's a... Yeah, I used it. Yeah, I, I used, used it as it. well. And so uh, I think that Facebook page at the time had like one and a half million followers or something like that. Wow. And so my drawing got featured. But... I was only like 16 and seven or 17 and not as experienced. And I got completely bashed 
by thousands of people under this drawing that it wasn't because I, I did a drawing of uh, Dr. House, you know, the doctor yeah. thingy, Hugh Laurie. Yeah. And um, I got completely bashed by thousands of people. And I don't know, it like it's something I think I'm still grateful for that it happened because it gave me also thick skin that I shouldn't take anything personally of what I was doing, like at least criticism on my work, I should see it as something that I can my like I can improve myself with. Um, even though like as a sixteen or seventeen year old when you're already insecure as fuck, like that's really hard shit to uh to like go through in a way if you're like criticized by thousands of people being like you shouldn't uh you should like this she doesn't deserve to be featured and her she doesn't have any talent she sucks you know these types of things yeah i think it's especially if you know someone actually decided that you deserve to be featured like people are often so jealous and it's only their insecurities that make them bash other people it's like it doesn't even have anything to do with you yeah but like that I mean looking back right now that was only a small part of what I'm doing now you know with the amount of followers that I have right now on Instagram the work that I put out it's a risk that I'm taking now weekly of you know getting that type of criticism so I'm happy that I got in on like a huge wave at the time so that now I don't care anymore if that's happens like I take it as feedback but I don't take it as bullying or something that hurts my ego or whatever so even putting stuff online that is not that good it also learns to kind of separate professional work from you personally in a way that makes any sense yeah but for me sometimes I post stuff that I think is inferior and it gets amazing response Mm -hmm. so it's also good sometimes to just see what actually other people think about it yeah because sometimes you might think you know something sucks but it can actually turn out to be something really good yeah like I recently posted something on Instagram and I thought you know this is like okay it's meh but I think it's the the most one of the most liked pictures and with the most engagement and reach and everything and I was like ah okay this is surprising so yeah it's really cool to to have feedback that's nice not cool to have bullies so yeah this was really insightful and was cool to also to hear about the fact that you were um, featured by deviant art i wasn't the only teenager using that platform apparently <laughs> uh, <laughs> and thank you for being on your own podcast <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah actually uh next time uh, i have some questions for tina as well to I think it's good for people to uh, learn some context uh, from what our background is um, to see where we gained our experience from. So that's what we're going to discuss next time from Florentina's side. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, So don't forget to follow us at the COOTB on Instagram uh, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this show. And don't forget to tune in next time when we are back again with another episode. So bye. Bye.